Welcome to the Single Well Podcast. My name is Dr. Mila and I am a family doctor turned wellness transformation coach. I created the Single Well for Christian single women and moms who want to learn how to simply incorporate wellness practices into their daily lives. After having a baby, getting divorced, and years of struggling with weight gain and declining health, I went searching for a natural weight loss solution. But instead, I discovered that true health was found in leveraging my spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, and relational wellness. Listen in to gain the tools and mindset to start developing your own unique wellness strategy. Let's do this. Please note, the information shared on the Single Well Podcast is meant for informational purposes only and is not meant to replace the advice of your personal physician or healthcare practitioner. Please consult your personal medical professional before embarking on or implementing anything discussed on the podcast. Hello there and welcome back. If this is your first time, thanks for listening in. Today's episode starts a series about our legacy. As we head into 2022, I thought it was important to talk about the legacy we leave our kids as single parents. Um, A lot of times we uh, think about things like, you know, college funding and, um, you know, having certain um, properties and, you know, things like that, things we leave for our kids. Um, even so for some, it's their creativity, their writing, their paintings, things like that. But um, those are all things you can inherit, um, you know, and it, they're more so like mostly financial. Some things may be more sentimental. But what I'm thinking more about is how our wellness can be our legacy. So, you know, wellness is health in action. It's desiring health, but taking the action to achieve that. And that may look different for everybody. And then legacy is something that we leave behind, you know, but it's more than just some tangible thing. It is the way that we live and the way that we uh, do things and the way that we interact with others and all of that. And a lot of that has to do with those different wellness pillars, you know, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, relational. Um, All of those aspects are important when we talk about leaving a legacy for our kids. And so one of the main stories for today's episode I have is that my mom often has a plan. You know, she is very organized and she likes to have a plan. So for instance, if she goes to the store, she can't just go to the store. She has to, she may or may not have a list, but she has to make a plan for her list, if that makes sense. So she will, you know, say, oh, I have to go to Walmart. And so she wants to go to Walmart and Giant Eagle, but she wants to go to stores that are nearby each other or in the same pathway. So instead of going to Giant Eagle across town and then circling back and going to Walmart and then going back somewhere else, she makes a path um, that makes sense, like leaving home, going to the closest place, heading to the other place, and then coming back around. And I found myself doing that. (laughs) I found myself doing that and doing a lot of things she does. And I tease her about having you know, some type of voodoo doll, because I do a lot of things like she does. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. But it made me think about some of the 
aspects to wellness. And one of the first ones I want to talk about in the the premise of today's episode is habits are heritable, are inheritable. So these are things that your parents do, your parents um, are known for that you kind of inherit. And when we say inherit, we think about, you know, um, things that are genetic. And so there is a slightly genetic component to certain things, um, certain conditions, certain um, behaviors can be genetic, but a lot of it is also the learning and the environment. So you get the genetic piece of that. And let's say you live with that parent, you're around that parent all the time. Well, then you also are more likely to do those habits because you're not only, you know, inheriting that, but you also do those things. But a lot of our habits are learned, right? And a lot of times we talk about getting a habit and you you know, habit is built over this course of 21 days and there's different varying thoughts on that. Um, so there's definitely things our parents do that come from life experience, that come from things that they've just learned to do a certain way. And our health and wellness can be very much so that type of thing. And so when I think about this, I also think about something really funny and strange. But as I've gotten older, I don't like to wear socks. Now, I know what you're thinking. I've never had issues with <laughs> foot odor, any of that. I've been asked that before when I talk about this. Um, but as a family, we we tend not to want to wear things on our feet. And so I've learned to work out barefoot. I have stopped wearing socks when I wear shoes or boots. Um, my son does not enjoy wearing socks. Actually, we've had a couple fights about him not wearing socks because he has to wear them to school and different places like that. And so it's really interesting because when I started doing this, I didn't always do it. And I don't, I haven't lived with my mom since probably, well, when I graduated medical school. So like 2003, I'm losing track of time, 2003. So it's been almost 20 years since I've lived in the home with her. So I did not pick up this as a learned behavior. It's probably something genetic, but I do it. I don't like to wear them. I don't really buy socks. I do have some for if my feet get cold and things like that. But just those quirky things, you know, I just cannot stand having stuff on my feet most of the time. So, you know, I kind of inherited that from her. And when I mention it to her, she thinks it's hilarious because this is something she's done for a long time. And so when we think about those things and these different aspects of what we do, there's those kind of silly ones, those practical ones. But I really want to talk about the health and wellness aspect of that. And when I talk about wellness, I talk about those five pillars I spoke about earlier. And you can include a few more with that. But when we think about those habits that we do, the things that we are inclined to do that our kids see us doing, we want to be really intentional about that. We want to be thinking about not only how we are fed and improved and helped by those habits, but how our kids watching us can be helped by those habits. And we all have bad habits. We all have things that we want to change and that our kids see us doing and we tell them not to do that because it's not good for them, but yet we're doing it. Um, we all do that. So that is not something that's unusual, but um, I'm big on being well and, and, and embracing your health and wellness as a single because it's so much more important when you are a solo parent. And when I say that, I don't mean that you are completely solo. 
This just means practically, if you are a parent that is bearing the brunt of the responsibility, if you are a parent that is in a situation where one parent works a lot or works a different schedule, so you're kind of doing more in that way because somebody's away. You have somebody who's in the military or they have to be away frequently for work or travel of some sort. You know, there's all these different ways you can look at it. And this even kind of bleeds into the married life, right? Because there's different structures that people have for their families, but there there ends up being this kind of imbalance in a lot of cases, but even more so for single parents. And so when we think about this legacy of our wellness, one of the first things we have to think about is those habits that we do, things that when our kids get older, that they will incorporate. Now they may not incorporate all of them, but there's things you want them to have on their mind when they're doing stuff as they get older. And so some examples of that, a silly example of that is my son is seven. I've talked a lot about him on the podcast. He's a character. And if you've met him, you know what exactly what I'm talking about. But I've noticed that he has this amazing sense of humor. So he's really funny. And, you know, he he makes a lot of dad jokes at the ripe old age of seven. But he also laughs at himself. So he has learned to not take himself so seriously. So he'll say something and he'll be like, I said, and then he repeats what he said and he laughs about it. So I think it's the cutest thing. And I was like, oh, it's so funny when he does that. I love when he does that. But then one day I caught myself doing it. And I was like, oh my gosh, he has seen me doing this and he's picked that up. Now it could be genetic, but it could also be from seeing me do that. And that's just kind of how he interacts with himself. And so it's not a bad thing, but it's just like, wow, he's this is really interesting how some of these little quirks and traits I didn't realize I was doing were affecting him. So, you know, it's funny. He also watches how I eat and how I move. And so he has become really attached to me working out. If he sees that I'm not moving, if he sees that I'm not doing workouts, he will ask why I'm not doing them. He gets very concerned if he sees that I have an injury or I'm kind of not moving around as much. Um, He'll tell me to do yoga when he feels like I'm tense or things like that. So he's watching these habits that I've built and learning to incorporate them because he also loves to get down on the floor and do some of the stuff with me. Not always. Sometimes I try to get him to do it and he doesn't want to, but There's a lot of times where he just wants to show me he can do the moves that I'm doing when I'm exercising. So there's all these little things that they are watching, they're little sponges, they're always watching and picking up on these habits. And so it's so important that you keep that in mind when you're doing things. Like I said earlier, we're not going to be perfect. We're going to have these things that we do and it's going to affect our kids. There's one that is somewhat on the negative side, which is worrying. And worrying is something I go through a lot. Um, You know, my mom tends to worry. She listens to this podcast, so she'll probably chuckle about hearing that. But so I've inherited that to some extent, like where I tend to worry about things, but I worry internally. Most people that are looking at me cannot tell that I'm worried. I'm usually very even keeled, very stoic, as is she. And you couldn't really tell unless you talk to me or know me really well that I'm worried. Um, But I go through a lot of things in my head before I do them. Or, you know, I go over and over and over something in my head if I'm worried. And my faith has challenged me not to do that because God calls us not to worry, to not be anxious. And so I have to remember that a lot of times because a lot of times the thing I'm worried about is really not that serious. It's just something that I either don't want to happen or don't want to happen in a certain way or just kind of don't like. It's usually not something serious. Of course, we worry about serious things sometimes. But it's interesting that you know, I have somewhat passed that on to him. 
in the sense that I've noticed that if he gets, it's usually something medical, believe it or not. So here I am, the picture of calm because, you know, I'm a mom, but I'm also a physician. And I go into that place of, you know, serenity and peace and calm when there's some type of medical thing. And usually it involves him, you know, getting a cut or some injury of some sort. And he gets really worried. So one of the things that freaks him out is if he gets something in his eye. So if he gets something in his eye, he always thinks he's going to go blind and he goes down this spiral. And I've noticed that he tends to just, you know, ruminate over this and go down all these like really dark paths of the minor thing going on. And I'm like, wow, how many times have I modeled that for him? Because he's very in tune to me. He knows when I'm anxious, when I'm upset, when I'm sad, when I'm angry. So I think that there is some element of that worry being transferred. If I'm worried about something, he senses that and maybe he has learned to worry about things that he wouldn't normally. It could just be part of his personality and who he is. But, you know, I'm just paying attention to those things. Can I do a lot about that? Probably not. I can work on my worrying and my anxiety. But, and I can teach him to be calm. So what I typically do is when I see him getting anxious about something, I will try to talk him through it. Like, it's okay to be nervous, but let's think this through, you know, let's take some deep breaths. Let's, you know, so when I see him going down that road, I try to help him, but I also want to be more knowledgeable about those habits. And so I say all of that to say that when we are doing things for our health and wellness, first things we think about are diet and exercise. And I mentioned exercise earlier, but you really want to be thinking further than that. Think about your spiritual practice. How do you communicate with God or your higher power? How do you regularly pray or meditate? Um, How do you get into that space of peace and calm and serenity and tranquility throughout the day? How do you model that for your kids? Um, You know, how are you calming them when they are feeling like they've kind of lost control or things are a little wacky for them? So how are you presenting that? Be thinking about your habits surrounding your spirituality. And then let's think about relationships. So this is important because our relationship with our kids is super important, right? So you think about, you know, how am I interacting with you? How am I making you feel? And so I was talking to my counselor the other night and she mentioned that um, there are things that happen to us that make us feel like people are criticizing us all the time or make us feel that people are super critical or, you know, and I've heard that kids hear a critical voice a lot of the time, depending on how you interact with them. And again, it's not something you're necessarily doing wrong. It's just something you have to be mindful of. And so there's a way to correct them and we are supposed to correct them. In fact, that's why we have the responsibility for them, but really thinking about how we do that and how we approach them. So like, for instance, this morning, my son, I call it contraband. My son's teacher had told us that the the kids were bringing in Pokemon cards and I knew he was one of those people. So I was like, okay, I'll wait. I mentioned it to him. He's like, oh, I wasn't playing with them, so forth and so on. Wasn't going to argue about it. I was like, okay. So in the morning, I opened his backpack, took out all the contraband, put it away. And when he got up, you know, I hugged him and I said, okay, so I cleaned out your backpack and you had some Pokemon cards in there and your teacher doesn't want you to have those. So I put those away. Well, where are they? Well, don't worry about it. You'll get them back when I'm ready to give them back. But he was really, he thought about it for a moment, but he was really accepting of that. There was no, you know, anger, rage, there was no nothing. And he's kind of a calm guy, little guy anyway, but he he just really didn't get upset or angry. Sometimes he'll cry when things are taken away like that. But he was okay. He was like, oh, okay, mommy. Like he understood that the teacher had said something. I didn't want him getting in trouble. 
So I said, I'm going to clean out your backpack and just get rid of everything. You cannot take any toys from home to school. And it felt so good. It was like, okay, I did the right thing. I corrected the behavior. We talked about it, but I did it in a loving way versus a critical way. And so um, that was a really big moment for me because I was like, wow, I handled that a little differently. You know, as moms and dads, we just, you know, sometimes you have to just quickly, hey, put that down, stop doing that, you know, kind of thing, especially if they're doing something that's potentially harmful to them or someone else. So just those habits of how you handle things, this is how they will handle things in the future. And something else comes up for me when I think about relationships is traveling and doing fun things. You know, I took my son to Memphis recently for, Friendsgiving. And he was so excited to go all before and he got to hang out with some of my friend's kids and it was just amazing. Um, but just the, the trip down there was so beautiful. We were able to stop at four museums, <laughs> four museums throughout our weekend, along with going to the event. And, you know, we were talking at one point about just the future. And he says, well, you know, I'm going to take my kids on adventures, you know, and it just warmed my heart because it was something so simple to do. And yes, it required a little bit of money to do it, but it was so the experience was so worth it. And having him thinking ahead, like, I want to do stuff like this with my kids and me taking the time out to go because there was a big if, if we were going to go on this trip or not, just because of the driving and all of that. But we ended up going. It was so good. I'm so glad we went. But just giving him that perspective of, wow, I want to venture out and show my kids the world and show my kids other places other than our hometown. So that was really cool. So there's those things. So then you think about mentally, you know, intellectually, the thoughts that we have, the way that we study and learn and our kids picking that up. Uh, My son has always loved to read. But it was something that, you know, it took a while when he first started, he wanted to rush through books. He likes to read, but he wants to rush through. And I've noticed now he takes more time with the books and he loves going to the library. And I personally, that's one of my favorite places is the library. And I've noticed that I've modeled that for him just accidentally, you know, because I love the library. So we go to the library all the time and he loves going. He loves going and getting books. He wants to take out books so he can have something to read. You know, when we went on our road trip, he had books to read. And so, you know, just those kind of things. He sees me constantly learning about nutrition and obesity and all these things. And, you know, we have this banter back and forth about him becoming a nutrition scientist. And he's like, absolutely not. But he's getting such an education from that. And other ways I do that is I take him out to like the markets and let him see real farmers and the the produce and things they have and ask him questions about it and where things come from. And so there's just that stimulation of a learning in all environments. That's really cool as well. Um, And then physically, you know, I can talk about that all day, but just like I said earlier, you know, the way that we eat, the way that we move, the way that we treat our bodies, which is a big topic, but it's so important being super critical of yourself in front of your kids. And I think this is important for all kids, but definitely important for um, little girls from, you know, women. Um, It's important for all of us to have this body positivity and to show that and to love our own bodies so that our kids see that and that they don't feel that there's something wrong if, you know, their body isn't perfect. Um, And so that's a big topic, but that's something that comes up in that realm as well. You know, and I don't want my son to think I'm obsessively working out and obsessively watching what I eat to lose weight or to be a certain size. We have talked a lot about it and he understands that that's what you do to be healthy. So 
The other area is emotional. So that kind of, we've kind of covered that, you know, the feelings we have about things and what we do with those feelings is very important. Um, Something that I often do with him is if he's upset, you know, because when your child is upset, it does something to you. If they're upset at you for something that you feel was justified, there's like this kind of just frustration on both sides. It's hard to do things. I've learned to take time apart. You know, you go in your room for a while. I'm going to think about this um, kind of thing, but also allowing him to express his feelings, not to the point of disrespect, like tell me how you feel about what I just told you, but really just understanding how he feels. So if something upsets him, being okay with his response to that and how he feels about that. I just recently did a talk at my church about discovering the treasures of grief and loss. And it sounds like there's treasures and grief and loss, but you know, our lives are enhanced by actually going through those losses, through the grief. So when there's something that he doesn't do so well or something that he loses or can't have, and he wants to express that, a lot of times we get frustrated and I'm totally transparent about this. There's just things he'll cry about that I'm like, oh, it's just not a big deal. Like Chase, you know, it's just not that big of a deal. But what I want to be better at is really taking that and saying, well, how does this feel to him? It might be just a Beyblade to me, (laughs) but to him, it might be the most important Beyblade he's had. And if it's broken, now he's upset and he deserves to be able to walk through those feelings. And so us showing him how to handle those feelings, you know, showing our kids how to handle those feelings, but also modeling that when we have a loss, when we're upset, how do we deal with that? And it doesn't mean suppressing it and saying, I'm fine, I'm fine, mommy's okay, don't worry about it. It's yes. This didn't happen for mommy the way I wanted, and I'm disappointed about that, but this is how I'm dealing with it. And so I think modeling that for them is important as well. This is all part of your legacy. So we're going to do a whole series on different aspects of your legacy and how this ties back to your own wellness and the example you're setting for your kids. As always, take care of you. This has been the Single Well Podcast. For more information on what you just heard, please visit us on Facebook or Instagram at The Single Well, or you can email us at thesinglewell at gmail.com.